And once again, good morning, everyone. This is, this is definitely unusual to see our church spaced out like this, but um, it is a joy to gather together still as the people of God and be able to worship with one another this morning. And, you know, I, I honestly hope that one of the unintended consequences in a positive way from all that's happening right now is that the Christian church in America and abroad once again recognizes the great privilege and joy that it is to gather together corporately on the Lord's Day. Uh, obviously, so many churches right now are uh, closed this morning and are doing um, online services and things like that. And of course, many of them have to because of the size of their churches. So, um, And then even in churches that aren't closed like ours, many members are not at church today because they're concerned about their own health. And, and for many of them, that's for good reason. But again, hopefully one of the unintended consequences of, of all of this is that we, again, as Christians, just recognize what a joy it is, what a privilege it is that we can come together corporately and sing praises to God, encourage each other in our faith, study the scriptures together. This is a great privilege, and so we're blessed to be able to do this today. Um, obviously, we are uh, still taking all of the precautions that the CDC and the World Health Organization are encouraging us to take whenever anybody gathers together with somebody beyond their own immediate family. And so we're practicing social distancing and we've got hand sanitizer everywhere and we're encouraging you, like Ryan said at the beginning, if you sneeze or you cough, please do that into a tissue or into your sleeve. And of course, if we're still able to meet in the coming Sundays, uh, I would say if you are feeling under the weather at all, then please just stay home on that particular Sunday until you get better as a way of lovingly serving the rest of the members of this church and our broader community. So we want to make sure that we're taking all of the steps that we can to uh, prevent the, the further spread of COVID-19. Uh, we're not going to receive an offering this morning in our normal way. Again, just as another precaution, we don't want to pass the bag hand to hand from one to another. So uh, after service, there is a basket right there in the breezeway that'll be set up on the countertop in there. And so if you've got your offering and you're going to give it traditionally with a check or cash, you can just drop it in there on your way out today. Or consider just giving online, which a lot of people do. That's an easy, effective way to give to the church as well. And we would appreciate that. Uh, the one announcement that I have for us this morning is um, last week we did the first part of our membership meetings, our membership interest meetings. And so there were a number of you who attended that class because you're interested or curious about what membership means in this church. And part two is scheduled for this afternoon. So if you went to part one and you're thinking about doing part two, I want to just encourage you to huddle up. Well, that's a bad term. Let's meet together after the service, um, me and you guys, and let's talk about um, how to move forward with part two of these membership interest meetings. So again, if you went to part one last week, come talk with me after service and we'll figure out the best way to move forward with part two. Well, with that said, why don't we pray and then we're going to get into God's word. And today, as Ryan mentioned, we're going to forego our series in the book of Ecclesiastes and instead we're going to be in Philippians chapter 4 talking about the theme of worry and anxiety and fear. So we'll be in Philippians chapter 4 together. But let's pray. Father, we do thank you for the great privilege that it is to be able to gather together with the people of God every single Lord's Day and to worship you in song as we sing praises to you and we reflect in song on your faithfulness to us. 
as we reflect in song on your goodness toward us as your children. Lord, what a joy it is to be able to see each other's warm smiles and fellowship with each other and talk with one another. And Lord, we pray that um, our fellowship today would be an encouragement to our souls as we see our brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, what a privilege it is to be able to open up your word and to consider the things that you have spoken to us and the things that you intend to speak to us today in an effort to strengthen our faith, to strengthen our trust in you, and to give us the resources that we need to navigate through all of the challenges that we face in our lives. Lord, this morning we want to pray for the many members of our church who are not with us today. Uh, So many have opted to stay home today because of perhaps their age or underlying medical conditions that they might have that make a respiratory illness especially dangerous for them. And Lord, we pray for them today. We ask, God, that you would protect our more vulnerable brothers and sisters. Lord, we pray also that you would encourage their hearts and their spirits today. Lord, that you would remind them that they have brothers and sisters in Christ who are praying for them, who love them, who are available to serve them with any needs that they might have. Lord, we do pray that you would speak to us through your word today. Lord, we pray that you would remind us as Paul wrote to Timothy that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Jesus, we pray that you would remind us of your promises, your many promises. For example, in John chapter 16 in the upper room, Jesus, where you said these words, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. Oh Lord, we need peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus, we thank you for these promises. We pray that you would use them to strengthen our hearts today in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning has been declared by our president a national day of prayer. And I think as Christians, we should celebrate the fact that that is the response nationally to the COVID-19 pandemic that has struck our globe. This past week, of course, has been absolutely wild. Uh, We kind of began our work weeks and our school weeks and everything seemed pretty normal. And then midweek, everything shifted and everything escalated really, really quickly uh, here in our own country. President Trump declared this now officially a national emergency. We've seen school closures. We've seen colleges and universities sending their students home. We've seen a turbulent week in the stock market. Of course, professional sports leagues have suspended their seasons indefinitely until circumstances change, etc., etc., etc. And all of this is causing widespread panic and fear and anxiety in our society. People are, of course, stockpiling goods. If you've gone to the grocery store or if you were foolish enough to go to Costco like I did, you're seeing lines like you've never seen before uh, inside our stores. And people are just stockpiling things. And shelves are emptied of water, Tylenol, and of course, toilet paper of all things. I saw this on Twitter yesterday. Every store is out of toilet paper, so I went to CVS and bought a pack of gum. The receipt isn't two-ply, but it should see my family through these hard times. (laughs) So people are just stockpiling. People are concerned. People are worried. 
And the question becomes for us as Christians, well, what do we do with that? What do we do with worry? What do we do with anxiety? And there are several things that could be said as biblical responses to this, but the Apostle Paul gives us some very clear instruction here in Philippians chapter 4. These are very famous verses, uh, verses specifically uh, 6 and 7. Many of us might even have these memorized, but the Apostle Paul is going to give us some instruction on how we can deal with anxiety, worry, and fear. And so let's read these couple of verses together. Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So Paul tells us, point blank, very directly, do not be anxious. This is a command of God. Do not be anxious or don't worry. This sort of sounds like the Apostle Paul's version of Bobby McFerrin's 1980s hit song, Don't Worry, Be Happy. But that's not exactly what he says. He does say, don't worry. Do not be anxious specifically. Of course, to be anxious is to experience worry, to experience unease or nervousness, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. And this is how people feel right now. Many people feel this angst and this concern, this worry, this anxiety, or this fear about the circumstances around us. And people are saying, I don't know how this is all going to work out, and it is making me afraid. But notice Paul says, do not be anxious about, what does he say? Do not be anxious about anything, anything. So we could insert there, do not be anxious about coronavirus. Do not be anxious about anything. And I know sometimes we push back and we go, well, well what about my circumstances though? These are serious circumstances. Well, Paul would say anything means anything. Let me put it this way. There are for the Christian no legitimate reasons for us to be anxious or troubled. Again, there are for the Christian no legitimate reasons to be anxious or troubled. In fact, Jesus himself calls us to live this sort of a life, a life where we are freed from anxiety and fear and excessive worry because we have entrusted our futures into the hands of a very capable God. And he's good and he loves us. Here's what Jesus teaches in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, 
and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. Therefore, Jesus concludes, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So Paul says, listen, in the words of Jesus, do not be anxious about anything. Rather, Paul says, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. Now, the three terms there, here in Philippians chapter 4, prayer, supplication, and making your requests known to God are very closely related. Prayer is the general term for talking to God, and supplication is a specific type of prayer by which we are making our requests known to God. So essentially what Paul is saying here is, church, do not be anxious or don't worry, be prayerful. Don't worry, be prayerful. And in fact, this is the title of this morning's message. God does not allow difficult circumstances in our lives to cause us to worry. God allows difficult circumstances in our lives to cause us to pray so that you and I would become a prayerful people, so that you and I would once again be reminded that our entire lives are dependent on God. See, in times of prosperity, we can fall into the trap of thinking that we've got this. We've got everything under control. It's through times of hardship, difficulty, crisis, pandemic, where we step back, we step, step back rather, and we realize, you know what? Actually, I don't have this. I don't have it all under control. Only God could control these circumstances. So God says, look, I don't want you to be people that are filled with anxiety. I want you to be people of prayer. I want you to cast your anxieties on me because I care for you, 1 Peter 5, 7. Isn't that amazing that God invites us to do that? That our Father in heaven loves us. He wants to hear from us and he's inviting all of us to cast our anxieties on him. And we're going to do that in a few minutes as we have a time of corporate prayer together on this national day of prayer. Now, the incredible thing is that God is inviting us to cast our anxieties on him, to make our requests known to him, and God is capable of doing something about our circumstances. Last week in the book of Ecclesiastes, we were reminded that God is sovereign, meaning that God is in control of everything, the good times and the bad times. Here's Ecclesiastes 7, 13, and 14. Consider the work of God. Who can make straight what he has made crooked. In the day of prosperity, be joyful, and in the day of adversity, consider. God has made the one as well as the other, so that man may not find out anything that will be after him. And last week, we talked about how our times of prosperity are meant to fill our hearts with gratitude, and our times of adversity are meant to fill our lives with grit. Trials strengthen us, Trials uh, conform us into the image of Christ and make us more and more like him. They're the crucible for building faith and godly character. So as Christians, knowing that God is sovereign, you and I should very easily be able to believe that God has got a plan and God has purposes even in the midst of this pandemic. Now, if you're a note taker, you've got to jot down this little phrase with thanksgiving here 
in verse 6. It's very important. It's interesting that Paul adds this phrase. He's talking about prayer. He's talking about being anxious. He's talking about being worried. And he says that when we pray to God in those sorts of circumstances, we must do it with thanksgiving. In other words, when we come to God to pour out our hearts before him and to make our requests known to him, we must begin our prayers by thanking him for what he's already done. Now, why is that so important? Well, when you're facing circumstances that cause you to worry, that make you anxious, one of the best things that you can do is stop for a moment Look back on God's past faithfulness in your life and it'll reassure your heart that God is going to once again be faithful in the present. How many times in the nation of Israel's history in the Old Testament did God call them to stop and remember? Look back to what I've done before. Remember how I delivered you out of Egypt. Remember how I destroyed Pharaoh. Remember how I parted the Red Sea. Over and over again, God wants to call his people when they were faced with a new crisis to look back on his past faithfulness. And when you do that, again, it strengthens your faith and it strengthens your trust to say, you know what, if God saw me through that trial, why am I to believe that God's gonna somehow allow me to perish in this trial? For us as believers, one of the most important things, in fact, the most important thing to reflect back on is the amazing deliverance that God has given to us from our sins and from, from death through the work of Jesus Christ. We should reflect on Romans 8.32. It says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? In other words, the Apostle Paul is saying there in Romans chapter 8, if the Father allowed the crucifixion of his own son for your good, Is God going to really abandon you now in your current circumstances? If God gave his own son so that your sins could be paid for, so that you could enjoy life with him, is he going to now somehow let you go, let you fall in the midst of your current trials? I think with regard to this pandemic, it's helpful for us to reflect on the fact that God has brought humanity through many pandemics in the past. In fact, just in the last 20 years, here in the 21st century, we have seen Ebola, we've seen MERS, we've seen SARS, we've seen the H1N1 influenza pandemic. And yes, all of those were scary, and all of those were dangerous, and all of those impacted the world. And I'm not mentioning any of those things to somehow minimize COVID-19 or to act like this isn't a bad thing or that this isn't dangerous. I'm only mentioning those to help give us perspective so that we can zoom out and go, yes, this is a scary time. Yes, we should take precautions, but God is going to see the world through this. It's good to look back and thank God for seeing us through these past pandemics so that we can look to him in our current one with renewed trust and confidence for the present. Today, if you find yourself worried troubled, filled with anxiety, the scriptures would tell you, don't worry, be prayerful. Spend time reflecting on all that God has done for you and bring your request before him. Because if you do, here's what will happen, verse 7, the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds. And isn't that what the world needs right now? 
a large dose of peace. If you watch the news media right now, if you go on social media right now, if you go to Costco right now, people are panicked. People are freaking out. The world is looking for peace and God is saying, I want to give you my peace. And it comes to us as we, again, pray and entrust our, our concerns into the hands of a very faithful God. In closing, I want to consider this question. How does committing our requests to God in prayer result in his peace guarding our hearts and minds? I'm going to give you four quick answers. The first three should be pretty straightforward, and the last one is completely mysterious, and I can't explain it to you, but it's true. So number one, we're given peace because prayer directs your mental energy toward God instead of your problems. One of the things that gives you more and more anxiety and worry is just focusing in on your problems. So again, if all you do is consume yourself with uh, COVID-19, 24-7, having it streamed on your TV or on your smartphone or on the radio, it becomes all-consuming and it creates more anxiety. Isaiah 26.3 says, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. As we pray, we're shifting our attention to God and who he is in our lives. Number two, we experience peace because we've given over our issues and concerns to the one who is powerful enough to take care of them. When we pray, we are handing off our issues. We are handing off our concerns to an omnipotent, omniscient, and good God. And he is more than capable of handling our concerns. I've, I've illustrated this like this in the past. It's sort of like if you're a little kid and you're at school and you get threatened by a bully. And he says, hey, tomorrow at lunch I'm going to beat you up. You go, oh my gosh, I'm freaking out. And you're very, very concerned for the rest of the day. And you're filled with a lot of anxiety because you know that's coming tomorrow. But if you're able to go home and you talk to your big brother, who's two grades up from you, and you say, hey, this guy threatened me, and your big brother says, hey, don't worry about it. I'm going to go talk to him tomorrow morning. Something changes for that little kid. He shows up to school that next day, and all of a sudden, he's kind of walking around with his head up a little higher. In fact, he might even be looking for the bully. I want to go talk to him now because I've got my big brother who's going to get my back. He can take care of this guy for me. Infinitely more so when we think about our concerns and our anxieties and our fears, when we take them to God, the one who is capable of handling them, it relieves a lot of the anxiety and fear. We've entrusted it to an, a capable God who can deal with our problems. Number three, we're given peace because we've obeyed what God has asked us to do. At this point, once we've prayed, once we've handed these things over to God, we can actually rest because we know that we've done all that God has asked us to do. If you have not yet prayed about the thing that is giving you anxiety, if you have not given these things over to God, then you're going to lack peace because you know that you're currently living in disobedience. You know you're not doing what God has asked you to do. But if you've sat back and you've given over your, your concerns, the things that are troubling you to God, you have a great sense of peace and rest because you say, look, I've done what God's asked me to do. Now it's his problem. Now it's his issue and I can rest. Now fourth, and most importantly, we're given peace because God gives it 
to us. Isn't this the promise that we see here in verse 7? And the peace of God, which, is, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Paul here is promising us God's peace that comes to us in Christ Jesus. We can call this the peace of God's presence. Because again, it's in Christ Jesus. How does this work? How do we experience the peace of God's presence? I don't know exactly. It's a bit mysterious. Um, how, how exactly does God give this peace to us? Paul says it surpasses all understanding. Meaning that's difficult to actually articulate or to wrap our minds around. It's a work of God. He provides a peace that surpasses our understanding. So it's mysterious. But I can tell you this, I've experienced it in my life, and probably many of you have as well, that you were in trying circumstances. You, you committed those things over to the Lord in prayer, and his peace filled your heart. Many Christians have experienced this. A friend of mine posted this on Instagram during her mom's bout with cancer. She said, it's been three months and eight days since my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. Today, she met with her surgeon who questioned her decisions, her reasons for not choosing chemo and to treat homeopathically, and her faith and trust in the Lord. She handled it with grace. Through these conversations today, I am overwhelmingly reminded of God's faithfulness, goodness, and peace. And then check out what she says here. In the last three months, we've experienced a peace we could never explain. He sustains, he provides, he strengthens. He knows the way that we take. He commands us to give him our burdens. He hears our cries, end quote. So family, I would say this morning that if you are feeling overwhelmed, you're feeling anxious, God's solution is this. Prayerfully reflect on his past faithfulness to you and bring your request to him in prayer and as we do that, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds. Of course, this peace is only for those who are in Christ. This peace is only available to those who have a relationship with this good Heavenly Father through Jesus, God's Son. Paul's promise to the church at Philippi applies for those who belong to the Lord. If you're not a Christian here today, but you're filled with anxiety, worry, fear, and you want deliverance from those things, Christianity offers you nothing outside of Christ. Christianity is not about wishful thinking. Christianity is not about hocus pocus. Christianity is about a relationship with the living God through his son, Jesus Christ. And here's the good news. Anyone can have that relationship with him. And it comes by turning in faith to Christ and trusting in him to be your deliverer and your savior. Because Jesus came to this earth 2,000 years ago. Jesus laid down his life on the cross to deliver us from our greatest threat, which newsflash is not disease, it's sin and death. And Jesus delivers us from that through his death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. And all who entrust themselves to Christ by faith receive forgiveness from their sins and receive the hope of eternal life with him. And so church, today, we want to spend a few minutes together before we close doing exactly what Paul commands us to do. 
rather than sitting and worrying, rather than giving ourselves over to panic, being the church, being the people of God, being a people that are marked by prayer. And so we're going to invite three different members of our church that we've asked to come up and lead us as a congregation in prayer together, uh, praying for our nation, praying for our community, praying for the world in the midst of this coronavirus outbreak. And so we're going to do that together. Now, I first want to invite up uh, Justin Cook, who's going to lead us in some prayer. And so let's pray together as a church family. Would you pray with me this morning for protection and for healing? Oh, Father God, you are the creator and the sustainer of all things. You are sovereign over all. You have not lost control. This virus, this coronavirus, is within your sovereignty. And Father, we know that you are a good, good Father, a Father who loves us, and your desire for us is flourishing, human flourishing, and glory to God here on earth. And we confess to you, Father, that we have sinned against you. We confess that we far too often are filled with fear and anxiety in times of panic like this. But Father, we come to you this morning with hearts of thanksgiving, filled with thanks for all that you have done in your creation. First and foremost, that you have sent us your own son, Jesus Christ, to live the life we could not live and die the death that we deserved to die. And we also thank you for modern medicine, for modern health care, that even in the midst of a trying time with COVID-19 right now, that you have given us many of the tools necessary and the medical know-how to fight this. And so, Father, we cry out to you this morning for protection and for healing. As across the globe, over 150,000 have become infected, nearly 6,000 have died. And here in the United States, we're crossing 3,000. We pray for protection. We pray for those with, who are most vulnerable with compromised immune systems, with heart issues, respiratory problems, we pray for those who are older, who are more susceptible to this. We pray for protection. We pray for healing for those who have already been infected. We pray for new medical techniques, for faster testing here in this country, here in California, and here in Santa Barbara. Father, we pray that this disease would be eradicated. We pray that uh, as a people who want to show our love for one another, even those of us perhaps who are less susceptible, who are healthier, who are younger, that we would take seriously the precautions and the guidelines that have been set forth about um, quarantining ourselves, washing our hands, uh, keeping our distance. And so, Father, we pray that we would not be filled with fear, but that we would, with thanksgiving, come to you, crying out to you for protection and for healing during this time. And we pray in the powerful name of the healer, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, you know, at, at times like this, do you, sometimes you just wonder, what should I be doing? 
What, what, what do I need to do? And so let's spend some time uh, praying for wisdom for ourselves, praying for wisdom for uh, our leaders and for those who, who have responsibility for giving us uh, good advice, good health advice. Would you pray with me? Father God, we know that you know all things. We know that, that you give wisdom. And you, in fact, you invite us that if we lack wisdom, we should come to you and we confess to you, Lord, that we, uh, that we don't have it all together right now. We don't understand everything that there is about this. We don't even know what we should do ourselves. And so, Lord, we come to you as the one who is all-wise, all-knowing, and we ask you for wisdom. Lord, help us to uh, be prudent in our actions, but also to give our, our fear and anxiety over to you, to trust you, to be uh, wise in our dealings with each other and in our daily activities. Help us to be uh, prudent as we, as we assist those around us. Help us to be wise in dealing with our neighbors and our, our friends, our co-workers. Lord, help us uh, to, to be wise in dealing with our own selves, to take responsibility for our own health and, um, and to trust you. And Lord, we pray for those, uh, the medical professionals who have to who are dealing with all of this on a daily, uh, daily uh, matter, daily basis, day by day, minute by minute. Lord, we pray that you would give them wisdom in treating the, the patients that come to them. We pray that you would help them to give uh, good advice, good counsel. We pray that as they they provide information to the public that they would be uh, prudent and wise, that, that as, as more becomes known about COVID-19, that they would pass that information on in a responsible way. We pray for the media from, from whom we get so much of our information. We pray that you would give them wisdom in, in disseminating that information to us, that they would be responsible and Lord, we pray for our, our world and national leaders. We pray for godly wisdom for them. We ask that you would uh, give them the kind of wisdom that can only come from you. We pray that, that uh, they would be responsible and wise in, in determining when to, to close things off and when to open them, when to uh, put more uh, restrictions in place and when to lift those restrictions. Lord, we, we, want, we want your leadership, we want your guidance, we want your wisdom. And so we ask that you would provide that to us through our leaders. Help us to be uh, submissive to the leaders as you call us to, to be. And we ask that you would give them wisdom and strength that can only come from you. Father, we thank you that you are a God who desires to give wisdom to your people. And we bless the name of Christ in whose name we pray. Amen.
Dear Lord, we are so thankful this morning, Father, for bringing us and gathering us together. For where two or more are gathered in your name, you're here in our midst. Lord, what would we be without your spirit today, Lord? What would we be in this world without your assurance of our salvation, your assurance of our deliverance in our eternal home in heaven, Father? We thank you so much this day, Lord, for our brothers and sisters in Christ that are here today. Lord, let it be a, a glorious aroma, Lord, our worship today, our faith that you are in control. Lord, that uh, as the pastor had said and as your word declares, Lord, you've not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. We thank you so much, Lord, that uh, in all the midst of this chaos, in all the midst of these things, Lord, uh, you call us to be uh, to stand firm, not because of our strength, Lord, but because we know we're weak, but Father God, where we are weak, you are strong, Lord. Your word declares time and time again to be strong and courageous, to be strong and courageous, Lord, because you go, with, you go before us, Lord. Uh, the battle is yours, Lord. Uh, this world belongs to you, and Father God, we are your possession. And Lord, uh, we just uh, stand upon your word today. I pray, Lord, that as we go forward this uh, day, as we go back to our homes and the activity that we have today, Lord, that it would be a time where, we, Lord, we can turn off that uh, television, that we can turn down that uh, radio, Lord, and uh, just spend that time with you, uh, rejoicing, Lord, that uh, you have these things in control, and you know exactly, Lord, you're the Alpha and the Omega, you're the beginning and the end, you're the author and the perfecter of our faith. So, Lord, we have uh, the assurance, Lord, that you have everything at hand. Lord, we may see uh, many things happen in these next uh, several weeks, uh, Lord, but we just pray over our uh, community and just that, Lord, we would have as those, uh, as the churches, as the body of Christ here, uh, Lord, we would have that compassion upon our neighbors and upon our friends and upon our business associates, uh, Lord, that are struggling, Lord, that are fearful, that have no foundation, Lord. Uh, make this that time, Lord. You've got the attention of the entire world right now. And, uh, Lord, you've shown us how precarious our position is. But, Lord, you've given us a great opportunity to spread your light where the darkness uh, may come in. Lord, your, your light will shine ever more brightly, Lord. So, Lord, I just pray this would be a time of a great harvest that people would see. Uh, Lord, that without you, Lord, there is no hope. Uh, Lord, uh, we can't put our hope in the stock market. We can't put our hope in our health or in our economy, even our government, Lord, but only those things that you have established, Lord. In Psalm 91, he said, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. For his faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you, no plague come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. 
You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls on me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Father, we are so thankful again, Lord, for all these promises are yea and amen in your word. We thank you, Father, for our, our, uh, uh, our families here in this uh, community. We'd ask your uh, continued favor in uh, all the things that are done, Lord, would be done in your name and to your glory. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> 